1060 KDUS Tempe Phoenix and KSLX HD2 Scottsdale Phoenix. It's time to hit the field with Extra Point featuring Kayla Mortolaro and Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060. Tweet the show at KDUS AM 1060 or give us a call at 602-260-1060. The snap is back. The hold is down. You can't miss with this combination. And the extra point is good. Welcome in to Extra Point here on KDOS AM 1060. As always, follow along with us online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app. Right now, it really pays to be using that KDOS 1060 app. And if you haven't, there's still time to get involved. Apple Android users, download the KDOS 1060 app today. Get yourself registered. That's a key component to this whole thing. In addition to that, make yourself eligible for sixth row hoops tickets downtown phoenix is the game that's where it's contested all the food all the drink included six throw hoop tickets that contest ends at the end of the month of january in addition to that the pga tour is now in full swing for 2024 that means the wm phoenix open coming the week of the super bowl and we have waste management phoenix open tickets for you general admission tickets pair of them wednesday thursday friday saturday and sunday so get yourself involved all with the kdos 1060 app today it is friday it is a friday spread brought to you by von hansen's meats and spirits on this january 26th we're whittling down to just two games remaining to discuss the afc championship game and the nfc championship game so we'll have uh some breakdown of the contest some other little factoids and random statistics to share we still need you to come with your weekend play because we're 14 and 5 on the season if you remember what it is that we do we take your weekend play when you're the winner of the $100 gift certificate to Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits I throw $5 on it and we're hoping to have money at season's end for charity and we're doing fantastic with a score of uh, with a record I should say of 14 and 5 and we're looking for three in a row this weekend so make sure you come with a play could be a side could be uh, a total or could be a prop bet if you'd like so we'll get into that uh, a little bit later on in the program Kyle Soppy of Pro Football Network he's set to join us around 12 15 for some NFL prop discussion for the two games this weekend but first let's set the scene here with today's poll questions and we'll get things started with the kdos1060.com poll question which NFL championship game are you most looking forward to AFC or NFC and we have had a switch since the sports zone the AFC is leading the way now at 59% of the vote and the NFC is trailing at 41% also there's been some changes in the point spread in the last 24 hours in both these games Baltimore up through a four-point favorite in fact I think it's a consensus now that they're a four-point favorite in sports books and casinos around the world uh, that had been, uh, obviously, Baltimore opened a three-point favorite. I don't think there's more than a handful of people on earth that actually got to lay the three because uh, it immediately moved to three-and-a-half last Sunday. But uh, it been sitting at three-and-a-half pretty much. You know, not pretty much. It was sitting at three-and-a-half the whole week until sometime either late last night or early this morning uh, when I saw a couple of fours and then fours start seemingly popping up in the majority of places. 
then San Francisco, uh, you know, that number has been sitting at seven since last Sunday night. And uh, there's some sports books right now that have San Francisco a seven and a half point favorite against Detroit. That's a question that we'll officially answer here around 1230. Plenty of time for you to get involved with the KDOS 1060.com poll question. Tossing it on over to X at KDOS AM 1060. I should also point out that Bob in the sports zone had a great conversation with Cody Benjamin of CBSSports.com talking all things about these championship games. And he specifically answered this question as well. Which quarterback do you trust more on Sunday, Jared Goff or Brock Purdy? Right now, the masses find themselves in a 50-50 split. Yeah, I didn't even get to ask him about the home and road thing for, for Goff because he brought it up before I got to ask him. So, darn shoot heck. But that, that's good for him. Uh, obviously, you know, Goff has been really for three years uh, since he's been in Detroit. Uh, not just a little bit better at home. He's been much better at home. He hasn't been terrible on the road in some games, but he's been seemingly really good at home in almost every game. They're not playing at home this week. And then, of course, Brock Purdy is the village idiot after last week's performance against uh, against uh, the Green Bay Packers. Uh, you would think that he's Jimmy Garoppolo or something, the way that he's being trashed by the network television analyst this week. Another question that we will officially answer around 1230 today. As I pointed out, it is Friday spread brought to you by Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits. And our friends, Von Hansen's, are located 2390 North Alma School Road in Chandler. You can pay them a visit online at uh, vonhansensmeats.net. The weekend specials here for you. Certified Angus Beef Choice New York Strip Steak at $24.99 a pound. Prime Pork Back Ribs at $5.99 a pound. And Fresh Natural Boneless Skin chicken breast at $4.99 a pound. We'll have that $100 gift certificate for you a little bit later on in the program. Before we get heavy into football here, uh, let's do a little local hoops and uh, we'll get started with the Suns. They're on the road for the second game of the seven game road trip in which they are set to face the Pacers. The Pacers themselves are coming off of a 134 to 122 win over the 76ers last night. Pascal Siakam, 26 points, 13 rebounds, 10 assists, and it was his first triple double in the last 15 months. No Tyrese Halliburton. Uh, tip off is set for 5 p.m. on 3 TV, and these two teams squared off uh, not too long ago in uh, downtown Phoenix, but now they're in Indiana tonight. Yeah, they played Sunday, in fact, in downtown Phoenix, and that was uh, the Kevin Durant 40-point game. Uh, actually, yesterday afternoon, and who knows, these things can change, but yesterday afternoon the Pacers said that Halliburton would not play last night, which he did not in that game against the Sixers or tonight against the Suns. And, of course, he didn't play last Sunday night against the Suns in Phoenix. Yeah, so that'll be a game uh, that the Suns and the Pacers will be squaring off in tonight. In other Suns news, Kevin Durant was named uh, an NBA West All-Star starter. This becomes his 14th All-Star selection. Uh, you know, you can take what you want about All-Star selections because it, fans account for 50% of the vote, players 25%, media the next 25%. But it's great that Kevin Durant is getting uh, appreciation for what he's doing this season. 29.1 points per game 
which is fifth in the NBA. He's shooting 52.9% from the field, which ranks 25th, 45.5% from three, which ranks fourth. He also has 6.4 rebounds per game this season, 5.7 assists, and 1.2 blocks. And I think because we've now had this stretch run, seven wins in a row for the Suns, that we kind of forget uh, that Kevin Durant was kind of carrying this team to get things started because Booker was uh, dealing with a couple of injuries here and there, nagging at times, and then Bradley Beal was missing a significant amount of time. So the shoulders, uh, the load was all on Kevin Durant's shoulders, and he has, to this point, had a really nice season. Absolutely. I think the one thing that stands out to me is you mentioned the shooting percentage, uh, 52.9%. I'm guessing that a large chunk of the people, the 24 people that are ahead of him in shooting percentage, are shooting at a much closer range on the majority of their shots than Durant is. Uh, So that 52.9 really stands out to me. Uh, In addition to that, the NBA West starters include Kevin Durant, Luka Doncic, Shea Gildas-Alexander, Nikola Jokic, and LeBron James, as he is the captain of the squad. I don't know that you can really argue with any of those particular starters with the seasons that they're having. I mean, even LeBron, uh, at his advanced basketball age uh, is still putting up some good numbers. Yeah, I'm the unqualified to really answer that question about who should be in and who shouldn't be in, so I'll just disqualify myself from discussion. Over in the East, it's Joel Embiid, Tyrese Halliburton, Jason Tatum, Damian Lillard, and Giannis as he is the captain. The NBA reserves, they'll get announced on third, or the NBA reserves, yes, they get announced on Thursday, February 1st. The reserves are voted by the league's head coaches. The game itself for the All-Star game is Sunday, February 18th. So we'll see if uh, Devin Booker gets an All-Star nod from a reserve standpoint voted on by the coaches. I'll add one thing. If the coaches were voting, I guarantee you that Lillard would not be a starter. Guaranteed. Let's switch, but stay local. ASU women's basketball, they or ASU men's basketball, excuse me. I have ASU women's basketball on the brain. They play tonight. Uh, that's a 6 o'clock contest here on KDOS AM 1060. As it is for the men, they were on the road last night in Oregon, in Eugene, and they lost 80-61. to 61. ASU was up 33-28 to 28 at half, but Jermaine uh, Kuznard for Oregon led the way, and it included a 52-point second half for Oregon. The Sun Devils shot just 43.9% from the floor, 23.5% from behind the arc, and 63.6% from the foul line. Oregon scored 52 points in the second half, and this is after they took their starters out with like five minutes to go. They still scored 52 points in the second half. At one stretch, they only played 20 minutes, by the way, and a half in college basketball. 52 points in 20 minutes. Uh, Also, Oregon at one point made 13 consecutive field goal attempts, 13 in a row. That's not good. Um, And especially if there was any sort of momentum, if you will, uh, from – from the USC game, it all is 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 all for naught at this point. Yeah, there was no momentum from the USC game because USC sucks. Their two best players are out, likely one for the season, and uh, you know so that, that would that any momentum or anybody thought there was momentum from that were they didn't watch the game. Uh, USC is not a good basketball team right now. 
There's a team from Tucson that lost to a worse team last night. We'll get to them, I assume, in a second. Uh, but we'll see how this goes. But the fact that ASU was so bad on defense was actually really surprising to me because even in their you know, worst moments this year till last night, they've been a good defensive team. Their half-court offense is what has been their biggest problem. Last night, they couldn't guard in the second half. You know, they could have had 10 guys out there, and Oregon was going to score. Now Oregon leads the Pac-12 with ASU one game back. ASU will play Oregon State tomorrow at 5 p.m. on the Pac-12 network, as it is for the U of A. Uh, they fell to Oregon State behind Jordan Pope's three-pointer buzzer beater. In all, he had 31 points on the night. Oregon State 83, U of A 80. U of A was up 44 to 36 at half, but allowed Oregon State to score 47 in the second half. Yeah, and the U of A had a 12-point lead in the second half of this game. The U of A, a 17-and-a-half-point road favorite at Oregon State, the worst team in the conference. Uh, Tommy Lloyd can't coach defense. I've been saying this for three years. Someday somebody's going to believe me. Three years. They've now lost three road games in conference play to mediocre at best teams. They, lost, they gave up 100 points in the game at Stanford. They gave up 73 points at Washington State, and Washington State walks the ball up the floor and uses the shot clock and still got 73 points. And Oregon got Oregon State got 83 last night. You know, you know, it's just inexplicable that they lost this game last night. Uh, you know, Pope is a really – in fact, he's a very good player. He's one of the best players in the league. He's the only dude they have. Uh, he got 31 but especially the last three-point shot that won the game at the buzzer, you got to run another defender at him and double-team him. That's like sixth-grade basketball. And they didn't. They just let him walk right into the three-pointer, and he made the shot. Shock, shock, shock. Uh, so the U of A find themselves one game back of Oregon and uh, also five and three in Pac-12 play. Just taking a and they play they play at Oregon tomorrow and they're going to lose that game too. Uh, they've not lost two in a row under Tommy Lloyd. I'm predicting that that's the first time that that will happen tomorrow. Uh, Joe Lenardi's tournament bracketology uh, with the predictions, and they're underway now. They'll be coming out on Tuesdays and Fridays. So taking a look at this morning's here, his top overall seed, Purdue. The first team out, Gonzaga. Last team in, TCU. Right now, he has four Pac-12 teams in with Colorado as a 10 seed in the south. U of A as a two seed in the west. That could obviously change as things continue to unfold for the Wildcats. Utah as seven seed in the Midwest and Oregon as an 11 seed in the Midwest. Yeah, um, I hope TCU makes the tournament. Well, maybe. Depends on which day you watch them. Uh, they're really fun. <laughs> uh, they, 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 some days you think literally that they're like the best team in the, in the, in the Big 12, which is the best conference by far in college basketball. And then some days they lose to teams. You just kind of wonder what the heck is going on here. Uh, but like I said, I'm just for competitive play. Hopefully they're in as far as, you know, I hope the U of A is a two seed because I'll be betting against them very early in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, last year they lost to uh, Princeton. They were a two seed last year, lost in the first round to Princeton. I'm still pissed off at myself that I didn't bet against them in that game. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I don't think uh, – I would be highly surprised 
unless they somehow move the NCAA tournament to McHale Center in Tucson, I would be highly surprised if the U of A is playing into the second weekend of the NCAA. Second weekend, not the second like you know, game or whatever. Second weekend, I think they they don't win more than one game in the NCAA tournament this year unless there's a, just a massive change that I can't foresee happening. As it is for the other local squad here, Grand Canyon and Joe Lenardi's tournament bracketology is a 12 seed in the West. On yeah, the- I, that's an automatic berth from the conference championship that he has them projected to win. On the other side of the break, it's time to get into the Friday spread brought to you by Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits. Just two games remaining. We'll get things started with the Sunday early game the 1 p.m contest between the chiefs and the ravens we'll get that going here on the other side of the break it is the extra point on kdos am 1060 online at kdos 1060.com and with the kdos 1060 app Now time in your afternoon for the Doug Gottlieb Show right here on KDUS AM 1060, 100.7 HD2, and KDUS1060.com. Weekdays from 1 to 3 p.m. Eleven twenty-four here on KDUS AM 1060. It is Friday. It is January 26th. You're in the extra point Friday spread brought to you by Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits. Von Hansen's, it's not your normal meat market. Craft beer, wine, spirits, and amazing treats for your four-legged friends. They're located 2390 North Alma School Road in Chandler. VonHansen'sMeats.net. As it is for this weekend when you're stopping in, the weekend special certified Angus Beef Choice New York Strip Steak at $24.99 a pound, prime pork back ribs at $5.99 a pound, and fresh, natural, boneless, skinless chicken breast at $4.99 a pound. Let's get into it here with the Sunday 1 p.m. game on CBS between the Chiefs and the Ravens. As it sits right now, uh, Chiefs plus three and a half, Ravens minus three and a half, the over-under at 44 and a half. I'll start here that it's really not looking good for the Chiefs guard Joe Tooney to play. According to NFL Next Gen Stats, last week, Ed Oliver and Daquan Jones were held to zero pressures on 38 combined pass rushes against Tooney. And now a Ravens defense that didn't sack C.J. Stroud last week, but they did get 48.6% pressure rate on his dropbacks last week. That's the second highest of any team this postseason is now who the Chiefs are going to face. Yeah, and Tooney was injured in the fourth quarter of that game, but it was not till the fourth quarter last week. So this is a really big deal. Also, two other injuries to really pay attention to. Willie Gay has actually been at least a limited participant this week. He left that game in the first quarter last week uh, in the uh, Kansas City win at Buffalo. He was the uh, spy on Allen, so I assume their game plan would be, if he's healthy enough, he'd be the spy on Lamar Jackson. So I think that's a really big injury. 
And uh, you remember, Allen did run against them for some yards last week, especially after Gay left the game. And also, Mike Edwards, who's a key defensive back for them, left with a concussion in that game last uh, last weekend against the Bills. That game was a Sunday game, right? Yeah, Sunday night game. And uh, to my knowledge, he has not cleared concussion protocol. Those are two, and you mentioned the Tooney thing, those are three huge injuries in this game for Kansas City. The Ravens have a plus 12 turnover differential. Meanwhile, the Chiefs this season were minus 11. Only the Falcons, Vikings, and Commanders were worse. For the Ravens side of things, though, they're getting good injury news. Expected to get Mark Andrews back. Uh, Also, I believe Marlon Humphrey was seen at practice today as well. Actually, I believe he's practiced the last – well, I I didn't check today, but I know he practiced yesterday. Uh, It seems as if he's going to play. And uh, that helps them a lot. I mean, they've, they're used to playing without him. He's missed seven or eight games. And, you know, they've actually been effective. And I know at least one of the metric services say that they've been better when he has actually not played this year. <laughs> so hopefully they're accurate on that. And, uh, uh, you know, like I said, I don't understand how all that uh, stuff works because, the uh, you know, the metric services seem to conflict with each other a lot, and this is apparently one of those times. So I mentioned Mark Andrews coming back here. The Chiefs have allowed just 6.4 yards per attempt on passes to tight ends, which is actually the third best in the NFL. But now if the Ravens are able to deploy two, two tight end sets and have pass patterns available for Andrews and likely, uh, you know, that could certainly present a problem there for the Chiefs defense. In addition to what you already pointed out with if Willie Gay is injured or even if he's uh, available to play but has to come in and out of the lineup, uh, isn't able to consistently be out there on defense, Lamar Jackson having some opportunities then to, to run the ball. Well, and you brought up the two tight end thing. I think that's where Edwards would be most missed. I mean, yeah, he's a he's a good cover guy. Uh, so yeah, that that those three injuries, I cannot nearly uh, stress enough that these are a big deal. Uh, all three of these guys, they need them all out there. Now, the next question that we've kind of had all season long, will the Chiefs wide receivers step up? And in addition to that, can Mahomes have time to allow plays to develop? Uh, He is pretty spectacular at avoiding sacks. And also we see the crazy one-footed throws that he makes that are somehow on target. Uh, But just with this Ravens defensive front, is he going to be able to have uh, the ability to make and allow those plays to develop downfield and have the wide receivers catch the ball? Good question. Uh, when Rasheed Rice catches the ball, he's been really good after the catch. Uh, in fact, he's third in the NFL in yards after the catch. And that's one thing that the Ravens defense has had some issues from time to time, not all the time, but is uh, they've had some issues with guys that could run after the catch. So we'll see if that happens. Let me just empty the bucket here with some stuff. I might ramble for a couple minutes here to give you a little heads up on or a warning on this. But, you know, the Chiefs have a grand total of two wins this year against playoff teams. The good news is those have been the last two weeks in the playoffs. Uh, meanwhile, Andy Reid, 5-0 and zero, uh, in, uh, in postseason games against his former assistants. And uh, Harbaugh was a special team assistant for uh, Reid in Philadelphia. 5-0 and zero straight up, I should say. Mahomes... 
I'll go against the spread here. He's a nine one and one in his career as an underdog. Uh, obviously, we all know that he's advanced to the NFL championship game every year that he's been a starting quarterback. Here's my favorite Mahomes stat, however. You could, Kayla, you'll love this one. Okay. Uh, he's he's eight and two straight up in games in playoff games that the Chiefs have been trailing by seven or more points. They've won eight of those ten games. That's impossible, but they have done that. Also, their defense, and I mentioned this on Monday. I'm going to mention it again here, and I'm sure, uh, well, I would hope that they mention this on the broadcast on Sunday. Uh, the defense, uh, the Chiefs' defense, has allowed seven points per game in the second half this season, and uh, you know, obviously, they allowed seven points in the second half of the game last Sunday. As far as Baltimore, kind of the opposite against Kansas City. They've played seven playoff teams. They've won those. They beat them, and they've won all of them by double digits. That's according to Fox. I didn't fact check that. I'm just assuming Fox is correct on that. Uh, meanwhile, the Ravens. Defense, the first in the NFL since the NFL-AFL merger in 1970. First uh, team to lead the uh, first defense to lead the league in points allowed, sacks, and takeaways. Uh, They have like 15 to 18 difference-making players on that side of the ball. That's why they've been able to overcome some injuries. Special teams, I'm sure that Harbaugh blew a gasket last week. Many gaskets, probably. Uh, he's a special teams guy. I mentioned he was a special teams coach for Andy Reid in Philadelphia. Uh, the Texans' only touchdown last week was on a punt return. The Texans' other score was after a 27-yard punt that set the field position uh, on the wrong side of the field if you're the Ravens. Uh, the good news for the Ravens last week is that Devin Duvernay, who was their punt returner, he came back after missing several games this season. He came back last week. Also, final thing on this game for me is I empty the bucket until I you know, kind of make a guess who I might actually like in this game. Uh, this is the Ray, This is Baltimore's first uh, you know, AFC championship game at home, the city of Baltimore, since 1971 when the Colts and the Raiders played. And I just saw some video on, I forget which network this was because I've been flipping my TVs around here uh, during the, the breaks. But this had to be ESPN. They had uh, ESPN. The, the starting quarterbacks in that game in 1971 were Johnny Unitas and Daryl LaMonica uh, for the uh, Baltimore uh, Colts and the uh, Oakland Raiders in those days. Wow. Uh, going back to your Patrick Mahomes stat, I mean, in one way, th- this is why sometimes I think this sport and I mentioned it earlier in the week, is such the ultimate team sport, right? Because, okay, just upon hearing that insane statistic that he's 8-2 and straight up when trailing by 7 in playoff games is incredibly remarkable because, one, he has the ability to just make plays. We see it time and again, that uh, that it factor that you cannot quantify whatsoever. But the part about it being like a total team effort is on the flip side of that. Um, I had seen Kurt Warner had posted something about how in all three of his Super Bowl games in the last significant offensive possession that they had, they left the field with the lead. So it again just kind of signifies that it really is the ultimate team sport. Absolutely. And uh, I'm glad you brought that up and, you know, throw in the special teams there too. And, 
You know, as I mentioned, you know, Baltimore is usually excellent at that. You know, when you have maybe the greatest kicker of all time, that helps. <laughs> but, but still, I mean, they've had, you know, their punting game is actually taking a couple steps back this season, not just last week. Uh, and I forgot the guy that was the punter for like a decade that uh, retired at the end of last year. But their punting game has actually suffered a little bit. And, you know, they've the, the punt return game uh, without Duvernay has been kind of hit or miss. But do you remember they did you know, with his replacement, they returned the punt to win the game, the walk-off game against the Rams. So, you know, it's, uh, it, it's not been as consistent. Usually you can count on even more than the offense and defense, quite frankly. With Baltimore under Harbaugh, their special teams are usually not just good, they are spectacular. That has not been the case this year. I have two more little statistical nuggets to point out here. This season, uh, the Ravens had an NFL record nine wins by 14-plus points against teams with winning records. Also, Baltimore is the fourth team since 1970 to have a first-team All-Pro quarterback and the number one scoring defense. The previous three teams all went on to win the Super Bowl. That was the 1972 Dolphins, 1978 Steelers, and the 1996 Packers. Yeah, it just kind of backs up. You know, well, you're taking the whole thing into account. That's that's even more than I had, but. Uh, yeah, I always I had no idea until I was actually watching their game last Saturday that they were the first, and I didn't see this anywhere. Maybe I were looking the wrong places, but the first time, first team ever that you know defensively since the merger, and that's you know fifty plus years ago, uh, that has led the league in turnovers, you know takeaways, I should say, points allowed, and sacks. Uh, so their defense, which. I had, and I'm guessing many people wondered before the season, are they ever going to get a pass rush? (laughs) They led the league in sacks. Uh, One more nugget on the Kansas City side of things here. Travis Kelsey needs seven catches to pass Jerry Rice with 151 for most in postseason history. I did not realize he was that uh, close to that particular postseason record. He's also played a ton more games than Jerry Rice because there's a lot more playoff rounds now than they were when Jerry Rice played. So I think uh, I think the Ravens are going to win. Uh, when it comes to the point spread, I'm still just as confused as I was when we talked about it on uh, Wednesday. But having that hook certainly helps. I think. Well, that's for you. Um, I'm in a, I'm not betting this game, uh, but I'm in a pool where I have to. We have to pick this game. And uh, I've not uh, had a discussion with my partner yet, but I'm going to strongly suggest that we actually lay the three and a half. That that's the number in the pool. Uh, I, you know, kind of, uh, you know, maybe I'm just going to get burned. You know, for for you know, three years I've been basically trashing the Ravens and doubting them in the uh, postseason, and now uh, apparently I've turned my mind, uh, to changed my mind because of one good half. But I just have said all year long and thought this. I just think the Chiefs are vulnerable this year, and I think that the Ravens get them tomorrow. Not betting it because of the Patrick Mahomes thing. I trust you know, I, I respect him so much that I'm not going to put my money on this. But when we get to the pool, which kind of in a way there is some money involved in that, uh, I'm going to suggest that we actually lay the points with the Ravens. It's hard to imagine uh, talking about Patrick Mahomes. He's the quarterback of the Chiefs. 
Yet, in some ways, you could also go down this whole rabbit hole about how he's the X Factor. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good point. I, I don't disagree with that. Um, yeah, that, that's true. Um, I actually, if I had to take one player to be an X Factor, it's, you know, I think that Isaiah Pacheco is going to have to have a good game uh, for them. And because the Ravens are so good against the run, I'm not sure if that's going to happen. Hence, I guess the term for me, X Factor. Yeah, that's a huge question. Can he bust loose? And then I don't know how severe this toe injury is as he hasn't been practicing. He said he was going to play, uh, but how impactful will that be for him on Sunday? But lay it all out there. You potentially have one final game to play. We get to the Lions. And, and, and no and no Tooney also. Listener rewards for you with the KDUS 1060 app. Download today to hear all of the national and local shows you love. That's the KDUS 1060 app. Welcome back to Extra Point here on KDOS AM 1060. As always, follow along with us online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app. It is Friday Spread brought to you by Vaughn Hansen's Meats and Spirits. Pay them a visit over at 2390 North Alma School Road in Chandler or VaughnHansen'sMeats.net. They'll certainly get you prepared for the games ahead this weekend in a well, that one big game that's coming up in a couple of weeks as well. Let's continue on with the NFC side of things, the Lions and the 49ers. Lions plus 7.5, 49ers minus 7.5, over-under sitting at 51.5. I'm going to start here. The status on Debo Samuel. Uh, Kyle Shanahan said yesterday in his press conference, quote, it's... Um, his shoulder hurts. That's all. Yeah, it just hurts. So not quite certain what that particularly <laughs> means here. So so does mine. <laughs> so mine's hurt since like 1989 when I threw it out playing softball for the last time. So yeah, my shoulder hurts all, the, especially in colder weather like we've had here lately. Hurts more. Yeah, I know how that goes. Uh, but yeah, yeah, so not really sure what that means. But I think everything kind of sets up differently for the 49ers if Debo Samuel is able to play. Absolutely. And in fact, I think we uh, got a pretty good sample that, uh, in the, you know, two couple, what did he play, like two series last week? Remember he had the concussion and then he came back and then he had the shoulder thing. But it was clear that uh, the main player in that uh, game plan last week from Kyle Shanahan was, you know, get the ball to Debo. And, uh, yeah, obviously Debo was only there for a brief period of time. So they had to kind of go uh, to alternatives, even though I don't think they really changed too much uh, because they kept running plays that would have been for Debo with his replacements, plural. Uh, and a couple of those actually worked in the second half. Jared Goff, he used to play the 49ers a lot when he was the quarterback with the Rams, so he's certainly, uh, Kyle Shanahan, certainly aware of him. In his career, he has 17 touchdown passes against the 49ers, which is the most against current quarterbacks facing the 49ers, but he's also lost five straight games and has completed less than 60% of his passes in each of those five losses. In addition to that, on the Lions side of things for injuries, Jonah Jackson, left guard, uh, you know, how impactful is that going to be if he's unable to go? How impactful is it with Frank uh, Ragnow still dealing with ankle, toe, knee, and back injuries? 
Jackson's regular. <laughs> Other than that, he's doing great. Yeah. Otherwise, Jeez. he's super. Jackson's regular. At least reg- his shoulder didn't. His shoulder's not hurting. So there you got that. That's true. Yeah, that's it's just, not listed that's, there. Jackson's regular thing. season, though, was also hindered by injuries uh, and saw in a dip yes. in statistical production for him. 23 pressures allowed, eight quarterbacks hit, hits, and two sacks. But when all five of the Lions starters are on that line, they are certainly a humming machine. Which, unfortunately, has only been like seven or eight games this whole season. So, including the times that Jackson was out. And I saw a thing on NFL Network yesterday and was on TV, so I didn't have a chance to write it down. But their production when he doesn't play this year is down. And uh, I didn't even have time to comprehend how significant it was, but it's down. It was, you would expect. It seemed like uh, the way that uh, they were kind of sort of talking that it might be significantly down. But like I said, I didn't have time to dissect the numbers because I can't write that fast when I'm watching something on television. Can't I have a sheet of paper right in front of me all the time. I have this notepad thing, but I couldn't... Uh, now, I'm not smart enough to, uh, you know, decipher that and write it down immediately. Now, but the, it was a di- it was definitely a difference when he's not there. Now the Lions, we talked about this last week. They use a ton of motion in their offense, and statistically, that was going to be a good thing for the Lions going up against the Bucks, who struggled against teams in motion. However, maybe not so much this week for the 49ers because the 49ers have allowed the mm-hmm. NFL's third lowest passer rating on plays with pre-snap motion this season. I have a theory here, since you bring this up, is that I'm guessing since they practice against the 49ers offense, which runs a ton of motion, that they're used to teams that run motion against them. Probably a very good theory there. Um, Thank you. Probably? (laughs) It is a very good theory there. Thank thank you very much. You hurt my feelings there for a second, (laughs) which I do have feelings contrary to popular belief. The Lions have the fourth most efficient rushing offense by DVOA metrics, while the 49ers' rush defense ranks 15th. The Lions have the number one rushing defense DVOA. Meanwhile, the 49ers have the number two rushing offense. So certainly uh, something there is going to have to give. However, uh, I, I think we can say that the 49ers' rush defense is a cause for concern at this point. Has been lately. Uh, they've allowed 100 yards or more in five of the last six games. On defense, Aaron Glenn has done a really nice job, but the, will the Lions secondary be able to hold up this week, uh, especially with some run after the catch? And if he knows, he being Kyle Shanahan, knows that Debo Samuel unable to go, is he going to be calling a lot more screens and things to Christian McCaffrey to also try to slow down uh, the pass rush with the Lions? Uh, I would think that's a good idea, even if Debo does play. <laughs> so that would be uh, especially the way that the uh, 49ers offensive line played last week. On the season, the 49ers plus 10 turnover differential. Meanwhile, the Lions are sitting at zero. Also, we know about the home versus road splits and the home versus road for Jared Goff. But how about this? The Lions have played just one game outside in their last 12 games, and they lost that game to the Bears. Wow, I did not know that. Okay, let me empty the bucket here a little bit with what I've got left. You covered some of these things, which is fine. Excellent. No problem. Uh, Goff's last, uh, you know, obviously, you know, these last two playoff performances, and I understand they were inside and at home, 
but he's been unbelievable. You know, all the pressure he had on him against Matthew Stafford and his homecoming to Detroit and all that. Uh, he, he's had just you know, stellar performances the last two weeks. Jameer Gibbs, last time we could say this until if they play in the Super Bowl, uh, he's been unleashed uh, towards the end of the season. I think that they've done a tremendous job managing his snaps throughout the season to make sure he's healthy when it matters the most. Speaking of that, Sam Laporta certainly was close to 100% last week. He definitely was not the first game of the playoffs when he barely made it through the game and really actually didn't play much in the fourth quarter that first time in the playoffs, first game in the playoffs. Last week he had 11 targets, caught nine of those, uh, and he, he made some, you know, he broke tackles and had yards after the catch, etc. So there's that. One other quick thing I do think as far as the Lions are concerned, I think they have a special teams advantage in this game. Jack Fox has done an incredible job of punting the last two weeks. Now, granted, this is also indoors, uh, but it's supposed to be very nice weather on Sunday uh, at San Francisco. Uh, By the way, that's one thing I didn't mention in the last segment. It's supposed to rain in Baltimore at game time, according to their weather forecast as of like two hours ago. So that's something else to consider in that game. I apologize I didn't bring that up before. But Jack Fox has been amazing. The last two weeks, he has pinned the uh, Buccaneers and the Rams into the inside the top 20 six times in those two games. And that's a big field position thing there, obviously. As far as the 49ers are concerned, uh, a lot about Brock Purdy this week. The one thing I would most be concerned about if I were a 49ers fan or betting on them He's thrown. Uh, he's got 31 touchdown passes this season. That's good, but he has 11 picks, and he needs to cut down those picks. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. You know the uh, you know the fact that you know, he's playing at home. You know, and he doesn't have as wide road home road splits as uh, as uh, as Goff does, but he's definitely better at home, no doubt about that. And their offense has been a little bit better at home. You would expect that for most teams. But that's been the case for them. As far as the 49ers go on defense, uh, they their defensive backs did not allow the deep ball against the Packers. In fact, they took three penalties to kind of, at least one of those penalties. They just decided the dude, the cornerback, decided he was just going to tackle the the Packers receivers and not give up a big play. So we'll see what happens with that. And uh, they've done a good job with that. But uh, all in all, uh, if the weather is good. Uh, and if uh, you know, there, there's you know there's a three-hour pregame on ESPN. I believe the NFL Network has a five-hour pregame for their Sunday broadcast before the games start. Uh, they're going to not be able to do the uh, since the 49ers are a late game. They're not going to be able to show Debo running around the field. But I guarantee you that Fox or you know, Fox will be doing that at some point. If I see good weather. And Debo running around a little bit, I will bet this game over. And that's the only thing that, not for much, but that would be the only uh, thing that I would consider betting on this game. Yeah, I think the 49ers are going to win. uh, But you know what? Um, You had a conversation in the sports zone with Cody Benjamin of CBSSports.com, and he brought up Dan Campbell's aggressiveness and that that could either work in the Lions' favor or it could work against yeah. them, right? So anywhere near this point spread 
just to pay just upon some of those like taking possessions away or giving possessions to the 49ers in like their own territory kind of really actually scares me off of taking anything on a side you know you bring up that that's a really good point with his aggression aggressiveness i should say and i did the second time um thanksgiving he cost them the game uh with his he made stupid decisions aggressive decisions that killed them and uh that completely eliminated their chances of winning that game against the packers however you know last week against tampa as you would expect yeah, you know, fourth and two. Uh, I don't know if uh, every it's always a good idea to have your third running back uh, being the key ball carrier in that situation, but that happened and it worked and uh, was a big play and a big touchdown and a big kind of a game-turning play in my opinion against the Buccaneers. But you uh, had a, Campbell had a stretch there for a couple of weeks, not just the Thanksgiving Day game, where some of his fourth quarter gambles backfired badly and resulted in them either losing or putting them in position to lose so it hasn't always worked but uh he's consistent with it there's that's for sure that's true he's consistent with himself um and his <laughs> that would be very true 1000 <laughs> milligrams of coffee in the morning right and we, you know the other thing i'm virtually sure about is that in the last five seconds he's had some form of caffeine <laughs> One more nugget for you, the 49ers. This is their seventh NFC Championship appearance since 2012, but they're looking for their first Super Bowl title since 1995. And then, of course, the Lions, they have never won a Super Bowl as the NFC Championship gets never underway. Never into a Super Bowl. <laughs> that too. Um, Only had one chance to even go to the Super Bowl when they blew a field goal and lost to Washington in 1991. We wrap up our number one on the other side of the break. It is the extra point. I'll turn those picks into gold. Wall-to-wall NFL coverage and the biggest stories coming to you from 3 to 5 p.m. The Rich Eisen Show here on KDUS AM 1060 and KDUS1060.com. The shortest segment of all time is here on the extra point on KDUS AM 1060. Just a quick reminder for you, Kyle Soppy of Pro Football Network. He is set to join us at 12.15 or so from Pro Football Network to dive into the prop market for um, the NFC and AFC Championship contest this uh, this Sunday. In addition to that, uh, make sure you're downloading the KDOS 1060 app. There's some pretty sweet prizes happening right now for listener rewards. It includes sixth row hoops tickets. Downtown Phoenix is where it's contested. All the food, all the drink. That contest runs through the end of January. And then the Waste Management Phoenix Open is coming to town. We have GA tickets for you for Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And that's all happening with the KDOS 1060 app. Hour number two of the Extra Point is next. 